Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. As there's a subject I wanted to talk about this morning, I'm going to get your ideas on this. And who knows where the Lord is going to take us. But this this idea of going back to the garden. Yeah, I wrote something down this morning about going back to the garden. And I started thinking about this picture about in the garden, there, there was no lack in the garden. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no life known apart from the Lord. They didn't have to work up for his presence. They didn't have to put on like, you know, hill song. They didn't have to put on, you know, Lindy, uh, you know, or Bethel or any of these larger names. They didn't have to contend for God's presence. Everything was in the garden. It, the Bible says that they walked with God and they talked with God. Yeah. That he walked with them in the cool of the day. But you know what disturbed me the most? And I want to let you take it from here. Should we pray? We never did pray. Oh, okay. Well, Go ahead and pray, Samuel. <laughs> I'm the man of prayer. Okay, let's pray. So, Lord, we just bless this holy conversation which everyone here is participating in. Yes, Lord. Just as usual, when Donnie and I do get together, Lord, it's like revelation breaks out. Let that happen once again, Lord, uh, as we are all participating and receiving, Lord. We just bless the, the ears of the hearers, that they will hear it the way that they need to hear it, filtered through your Holy Spirit's uh, interpretations for the way their heart, uh, whatever their heart needs are, Lord, I pray that they'll receive it that way, Lord. And bless Donnie and I's uh, conversation and as we release the revelations, Lord, by your Spirit, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So I was going to ask you a question, but actually, if you don't mind me intervening, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 3. I think this is going to give us the context for this morning. Is everybody awake? Did you have your coffee this morning? All right. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. It says this. Now the serpent, everybody say the serpent, serpent. was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Who made it? God made the serpent. That stood out to me just now. And he said to the woman, God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree Or excuse me, yeah, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit from the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it. Everybody say, you shall not eat it. You shall not eat it. Nor touch it. Nor touch it. Which tree was that, Rick? That was the tree of knowledge. I mean, the tree of, yeah, the tree of knowledge. Of good and evil. evil. Yeah, and then there was a tree of life. Yes, And he said, you shall not touch it, lest you die. Say spiritually. Spiritually. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now watch this. I want to show you this. You remember when Jesus was, I feel like we can park here for just just one moment. Remember in John chapter 4, John chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is going into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for how many days? 
40 days and 40 nights. Remember the temptations? Lust of the flesh. Remember the bread? Say lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. And then he was tempted by going up on the mountain and throwing himself down, which would have been represented the pride of life, right? And so on. So there were three major temptations. So lust of the flesh. Then he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their what? Their glory. So that would be what? The pride pride of life. life. So all three. Now watch this. So that is in the New Testament. It would be now 6,000 years later when Jesus would go through that. Watch the same temptation. The enemy is using the same temptations. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, say the lust of the flesh, was pleasant to the eyes, say pride of life, and desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. Say she ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Many people say that Adam wasn't there. He was there. He was right there. (laughs) All the ladies say, it's not all of our fault. There was that right there. Yep. The truth comes out. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Now, notice this. Notice this. That their eyes both were not open. They didn't spiritually fall until Adam ate. Because Adam covered her as the spiritual head. Do you see that? Adam, the the husband covers the wife. He's the spiritual strength of the family. God has put man in position to be not a Lord over, but a leader in his home. So their eyes weren't open until he fell. Does that make sense? Isn't that good? Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. And made themselves coverings. We're going to talk about that this morning. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. That's what we do when we sin. We hide from the Lord. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord called to Adam and said, where are you? Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about. The fact that God made the trees in the garden. Say the Lord made those trees. Why why would the Lord put both a tree of life that would nurture them spiritually in the garden while at the same time creating a tree that they're not supposed to eat from? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Has anybody ever thought about that? Like, if you didn't want me to touch it, why would you put it in my midst and tell me not to eat of it? Why do you think he put that second tree in the garden? I believe it was because true love is a choice, a decision. And your choices, anybody, like anybody, for, let me use this example. Anybody could uh, uh, get along with, with somebody that agreed. If you married somebody that agreed with everything you said <laughs> and on your job, uh, your boss said, oh, yeah, you want to do that? Go ahead and just do that. Do this, do that. You can get very easy, get along very easily with your boss or your spouse if they just agreed with everything. And it was a yes man, as, they, as we call it. Mm-hmm. But it's true love is proven when, when there's a choice, a, a free will. Uh, and without any conflict, it's not real love. It's it's just an emotion. It's a mood. It's it's a belief that I think that we 
self-deceive ourselves a lot of times. So God, God wants voluntary lovers that love him even when it's not easy. That, that's, that's what I believe. So, so you're basically you're speaking of free will. Free will, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the will, I want to say this. I didn't understand free will, what, what that is. Uh, first of all, I just want to throw this little nugget in. So you are a spirit being. Uh, I, I can't see you. I, I see your earth suit, but the real you the, is a new creation in Christ. You are a spirit being living... Uh, living in an earth suit with a soul, which is your mind, emotions, and will. And guess what? The will is the muscle. Show your... No, no I'm not doing uh, that. I don't... Okay. You don't like when I do that. Sorry. Bad idea. <laughs> sorry. Most of the flesh. <laughs> don't, sorry I put you on this spot there. Is anyway, uh, so, so the muscle is the... Uh, I mean, the soul... The will is the muscle of the, of the soul man. Mm-hmm. That's the strongest part of determination. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go more into that later. I, I had to throw that in. That, that, that's the, even when God says stubbornness, uh, that's actually talking about the, the will of, of inner vows, which we won't go into right now. But yeah. inner vows is the stubbornness of human will that, that resists God's will. Amen. So, so you've got these two trees. God puts these two trees in the garden, gives man free will to choose to eat from them both. And so here's the thing. Do you, do you know when the woman, Eve, says, the Lord has not, he said not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why do you think that she would have ate from it when God had commanded not to? She, she doubted. She was leaning upon her own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. That's a big word. Everybody capitalize that in your mind. Trust. That's big. Uh, trust in the Lord with, not with your mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is heart? All right. Everybody may not agree with me on this, but I've, I've, it always bothered me because there's not a clarification even in the Bible what is heart? It, it kind of wavers back and forth. But I believe the, not to confuse you, is heart is where the soul and the spirit meet. Uh, and your, your soul is the carnal part that is being transformed into the image of Christ. Your spirit is as perfect as Jesus. But basically, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Uh, look to him in every circumstance, every acknowledge him that he's there to help you with that need to trust. trust you can trust him in every circumstance Amen. of life. Yeah. Amen. Can you put Genesis back up there? I want to. Sh- I want to note something. It says that the serpent said to the woman, "You will surely not die, for God knows." Watch this. For God knows, in the day that you eat of it, you will be like God. What chapter is that? In, in chapter 1, Genesis verse 26, the Bible says this, and it's God, it's, you see the Trinity um, corresponding with each other because he says, let who make man? Let, say it again, let us make man. You see the triune God right there in the very first chapter of Genesis. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Spirit hovered. There was the Father. Let us make man, capital U. So the triune God is speaking, and he says, let us make man in our own image. So watch this. So the reason for the two trees. 
they were trying to become what they already were. Yeah. Trying to get in a room they were already in. So, so in our lives, there will always be the temptation to try to try to go another, another not just another way uh, to God, but try to get what God has already given you. Yeah. That this is the lie. Yeah. Is that they were going to try to do something to become like God. And we can, we can break it down like this. We all have a calling on our lives. God has a plan to get us, like an ABC plan, to get us to that destination. There will always be the temptation to try to get to it some other way. He'll offer another way. The enemy will offer another way. Counterfeit. A counterfeit way because, and that's where you get into, in the New Testament, it talks about the, the, the good, acceptable, and permissive will of God. Yeah, and, and if we find ourselves eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we can fulfill God's uh, plan only in a limited way, yeah. not in its fullness. So never, never try to, like when, when the enemy offers another way, I'm going to make it super practical. Are you ready for this? Yes. If you are called in ministry, let's just talk about ministry. The enemy will always try to get you to promote yourself versus doing it God's way. This will be the temptation. Man is not promoting me. I need to find, what happens is we start to eat from the knowledge, a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We'll try another way, right? Or if you know and you've put the, God has put the desire in you to be married, he will try to get you to live with some, the enemy will try to get you to live with someone out of marriage, outside of wedlock, he will try to get you to fulfill it. And then, look, every desire that we have, they, was it bad for them to be hungry? No, God gave them the hunger. Didn't God give them the appetite? He, he, yeah, he, he made them needy to need him, to trust him. Every desire that we have right now that you have is not evil. Every single desire that you have is legitimate. It's not bad to want to have finances to take care of your children. It's not a bad thing that you want to be seen and recognized. God put that in you. But the enemy will offer the counterfeit. Why does he do that? Because he wants to be able to gain legal ground over the blessings of God so he can rob you of it. Does that make sense? He, he wants to have legal access. So he doesn't, he doesn't mind. The Lord wants us to be married so that he can continue to bless the covenant the desires that he put in you, the desire to be close to someone, intimate, physical, and emotional in your soul, the whole deal. But he wants you to, to, to expedite that, to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to rob you of the blessing eventually, to walk outside of the umbrella that God has permitted. It's the same with finances. That is the same. Is it bad to want to have money to pay for things? Absolutely not. But the enemy will try to get you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil by doing what? clocking in early when you shouldn't, you know, before you, before you actually clocked in, you put earlier on your time or your taxes or all these things. I know I might be hitting a nerve with some people, but this, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we're talking about going another way, say another way. another way. Yes, another way. But God is wanting, I believe the body of Christ to come back to the garden. I believe that's what he's calling us to. That place that Adam had with God, he wants us to, God wants to have that kind of relationship with you. Intimacy. Intimacy. Yeah. And listen, 
when they got put out of the garden, do you know it was because they had to leave. It was illegal for them to be there because of what they were eating from. And when you feel distant from God, it is a sign most of the time, not every time, that you have been eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Anytime there's a distance, look what you're eating on. Look what you're feeding on. Look, look at what fruit you're picking on. That fruit was a belief system as well. It was a thinking. You know what their real thought, if we boiled it all down, it boils down to basic trust. They were not trusting that God had their best interest at heart. This is why we always choose another way. Whether it's the way that we run a business, maybe there's another way. Maybe there's another way to get into a marriage or relationship. Maybe there's another way to succeed in life or to be promoted or to, you know, find success or whatever that means. It all boils down to, what's that word I just said? Basic trust. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, Elijah House, some of you know uh, basic trust, and I've sent the video out to some of you that uh, have gone through ministry with uh, Cheryl and I. Uh, I'm seeing faces, yeah, more and more of you. <laughs> Probably for all, no basic trust. So basic trust is pretty basic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, does that explain it? No, just kidding. <laughs> no, the basic trust is... Uh, so really, basic trust is really the foundation of our whole life. For, for what? Okay, a foundation is so you can build upon it, right? Like, like a building. Every building has to ha- have a foundation. So what do you build on basic trust? Basic trust, you build relationships. Relationship with people, relationship with God. Uh, relationship, how about relationship with yourself, trusting yourself? How many people don't even believe and love themselves because or they trust don't trust their own decisions yeah yeah their own decisions because they they failed and like now i don't trust myself i'm and i hate myself or i dislike myself disapprove of myself so uh so basic trust it starts in the first five to six years of our childhood through parental authorities i say parental authorities because sometimes grandparents raise us uh so and guess what? We have uh, broken people because Adam and Eve was the first mom and dad, and they passed the generational sin curse of, of brokenness, of shame, and pain down the bloodline, as and we all mistrust. know. And mistrust. And mistrust, yeah. And uh, so, um, so basically, the, we get wounded, and now, because you've been wounded, you didn't get your love needs met. God made us needy people. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this simple if I go offline because I, I could teach this whole thing too much. So uh, so um, help me, Holy Spirit. Uh, so basically is that, I keep saying basically for basic. <laughs> uh, but so we, get, we have a wound in our childhood. We get hurt. And now, guess what? If, if every time I walk by, oh, oh, sorry, Stephanie, I just stepped on your toe. Uh, uh, for, will you please forgive me, Stephanie? Will you please forgive me? Oh uh, yeah, okay. And then I'm walking again, like, oops, sorry, sorry, Stephanie. I just, I can't believe I did it again. Would you please forgive me? Uh, you know, she's gonna like, after so many times, like this guy. What is wrong with you? <laughs> she's gonna keep her feet under the chair like this. <laughs> like, then she you don't... could just start stepping on Matt's toes. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, we we teach. Um, I'm trying to stay on track here because I have a lot of thoughts on this thing. But so we teach people, uh, God will forgive you. And 
even, even in relationships, you can be forgiven, but we've had husbands say, I don't understand. I, my, I, my wife won't, uh, she says she forgave me, but life is not the same anymore because once you lose trust, it has to be built brick by brick because you tore down the wall of trust. Forgiveness is instant, and God will forgive you, but even God, he, he, he has you to ro- walk the road of building trust That's good. again. He's not just going to put you like, okay, you're, you're, um, this is just one of, of many, this is like a big example, like a pastor that, that uh, falls into sin or something like that. Uh, you, you don't just put him back in the place. He's got to go back to restoration or even, mm. even in our marriage, you know, different examples. So basic trust, sorry, I got a little bit off track. I'm kind of like all over the place kind of a guy. Donnie's more like on track. But let me sum this up. So basic trust is, is really trusting our hearts to be vulnerable in relationships. That, yes, it's, is it risky to have a relationship with people? How many would raise your hand? <laughs> is it risky? It is. For sure. It's not easy trusting people, especially when you've been hurt. So that's where um, you have to learn Psalms 142, verse 2. I pour out my complaint before the Lord and tell him all my, all my troubles. I cast all my cares on the Lord because it does hurt. Lord, it hurt again. And as leaders, and this is a leadership church, many of you have been hurt. You know the pain of hurt. But as leaders, God wants us to be vulnerable. And, and it's risky People will hurt you. Donnie and I can tell you. I've, I've been in ministry. Cheryl and I, uh, we've been in ministry 40-plus uh, years. <laughs> and uh, we don't know it all, but, man, we, have, we know hurt. We know hurt very well. Speaking and, of that, and, and the reason this kind of shows up, their hurt shows up after eating from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Can I, can I read this? Yeah. And I'll, sorry, I got, off, I got more off on our ministry kind of like that we deal with. I got away okay. from Adam and Eve there a little bit. Watch but. this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Yeah. Shame came in. Shame came in. Yeah. Shame and fear. Like when we disobey God. You know the feeling when you disobey God in something? The shame that comes? Watch what follows this. And they sowed What? Come on, say it loud. You got it right. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. I, I got to throw this, and this is funny. I, I got to throw this. Cheryl told me this one time. She studied fig leaves. Honey, how did you say that? Come up here a minute. Tell me, just tell me this one part about fig leaves. This is the craziest thing. They have a skin irritant in their oils that can cause breaking out and hives and allergy. They cover themselves with a leaf that will cause out. <laughs> well, this is a powerful revelation. This, this is a, that is a powerful revelation because here's what we do. When, when we disobey God, what we do is we start, when we lose our internal fire and we start to cover ourselves up with external things. Yeah. And those external things cause even more irritants. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Like we do that through relationships. When one relationship breaks down and we grab somebody else to cover ourselves up with a fig leaf, it just causes more pain and it begins to compound the pain. Yeah. 
and that's inner vows. When we take on those fig leaves, how many know what inner vows are? Uh, some of you do. Uh, inner vows is, is uh, my best favorite definition is the one that the Holy Spirit gave me personally. It's self-salvation. It's my self-redemption, my self-rescue plan. Other than trusting the Lord, I take the situation into my hand. I'm not like, feeling warmed by him, so I have to use other things to warm myself. Yeah, just like Adam and Eve. They, they didn't run to God and say, hey, we messed up. They took it into their hands and, and dressed right. with fig leaves. I wrote, it, I wrote it like this. When you feel disconnected internally with God, your creator, Jesus, his son, you cover yourself up externally. The man who finds his identity the man who should find his identity in God covers himself in his career like leaves. <laughs> the woman who should feel beautiful, valued, and accepted by God gives her body away to someone who's not her husband just to hear someone tell her she's beautiful yeah. like leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this. That teenager who thinks... The teenager who... God thinks is really cool, works and strives to fit in at school. They base their value on how many Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook lives, likes he or she gets. Yeah. And they use those to cover themselves with leaves. Yeah. And that's true in ministry. We get our identity. Because if we, if we had rejection and abandonment, betrayal, and that was my story for many years. I, I, I had a religious spirit because I was getting my identity from, like, the anointing flowing through me uh, because God was using me, but I, was, I, I should not get my identity from what I do in ministry and how God uses me, but of who I am as a son of God, that, that I am a child of God, that he loves me, whether I do anything or not at all, at all. That that is so powerful. I want to hit I want to hit on that for just a moment because I feel the Lord on that. So so I want you to listen to this. It doesn't matter what situation you're in right now. I know you may not think about it in those terms. Say this. Say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what situation. What situation I find myself in. I find myself. My heart, my heart can find can find satisfaction. Satisfaction. Listen. Do you know how I feel about the Lord these days? Many will not agree with this theologically, but I found this to be true, at least in my own life. There is nothing that is happening in my life right now that I don't feel that God has at least permitted. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. God works out some things, all things together for good, but there's a little, yep, for those who yeah, love God and who are called according to his purposes right? So everything that's going on in your life, no matter the pain, no matter the heartache, the separation, the financial trouble, kid issues, health, any, the way that I view it is I'm literally, when I entrust myself to that situation, I'm literally entrusting myself into the hands of God. And nothing can touch my life. Nothing can touch your life that God has not permitted. And he will actually use that to fashion you into his likeness and into his image. So it's literally like total, absolute total surrender. Yes. 
And so here's, here's how you know when you're becoming dissatisfied is when you're, when you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is when you're doing things and your heart is not satisfied in the position you're finding yourselves in. When you're eating from the tree of life, say the tree of life. The tree of life in the garden was a representation. That was six or 7,000 years ago before Jesus came on the earth. Jesus represents that tree of life. You do know that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He represents, he is the tree of life. And so when you are hooked up to him, and you're getting your feedings from him, you will, no matter what you find yourself in, I don't care what garden, I don't care what job situation, what relationship, what troubled times you find yourselves in, what difficulties, you will find life in that situation Amen. because you're eating from the tree of life. life. When you know you're eating from the wrong tree is when your heart finds dissatisfaction. Yes. Yeah. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? So, so what, what is the encouragement this morning? What is the exhortation? The exhortation is question what you're feeding on. And I really believe that the Lord is calling the body of Christ, even as a church, we have to, I often ask myself, what are we feeding God's people and what are we feeding on? As a ministry, we have to question ourselves. Like, why are we here? Why are we doing what we're doing? Amen. What are we feeding on? I don't know about you, but I want to feed on the Lord himself because all of us, none of us can overt difficult seasons in our lives. And Jesus is calling us back, I believe, to the garden, yes. that place of intimacy, yeah. the place of, of, of works-driven ministry and the, the wearing the cross and wearing the bumper sticker and should have bought a Honda and all of these external things that we use to look spiritual or a Civic. That was kind of funny. Honda, Civic. Should have bought a Honda. I was acting like I was speaking. That was, I thought that was funny. Should have bought a Bentley. No. I don't like Bentleys. We have to question what we're feeding ourselves. Amen? If your heart, listen, if you feel in this season of your life that, that I'm, not, I'm not where I need to be, listen, you may not be where you need to be physically, but you can be where you need to be spiritually. And that means you can, ex, you can handle the external elements if you're feeding on the right tree, which is Christ himself. This is what communion is all about is about showing us. When we do that week after week, I know we didn't do it this week, it's, it's recalibrating us to feed on the right thing. Jesus is the thing. Okay, thank you, Lord. Hold on one, one second. Let me finish this thought. Listen to this. When I get really hungry, you know when we go to the store, really hungry? This, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we'll kind of, I'll let you harp here, but when I saw a guy checking off his list in the store the other day. He still, he wasn't using a phone. He was using his, he was crossing some things off. I know me, and if I go to the store hungry, I'm going to look at that list, and I'm going to look down aisle eight, look at the list, and I'm going to think to myself, I know I shouldn't, but because I'm hungry. I'm going to go down aisle eight where all the 
fun stuff is. And then I start quoting scripture and the Holy Spirit tries to convict me and say, you said you would stop eating that and you know I've convicted your heart about that. And then I throw a verse back at him and says, it's not, you wrote it yourself, Lord. It's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man, but what goes back. And I start twisting the scriptures on the Lord himself. And then I repent. And then we regret the feeling of that which we ate. How do you gauge what you're feeding on? How you feel spiritually. Listen, if you're in a depraved, I'm going to be a little hard. Can I be a little hard on you guys for just a moment? It is not the Lord's fault that you feel distant from him. It's not, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. It is in his word. He abides with us. Now, are there seasons of of dryness, of distance? Yes, but the Lord will always be there. If you, have pro- if you have issues accessing, start looking at this. Don't look inwardly. Look at the tree that you're eating from. Look at the fruit that you're picking it from. Are you eating from the tree of life? Or are you eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because at the end of the day, it boiled down to this. They wanted to eat from a different tree because they didn't trust in God's provision. They didn't trust in God's timing. They didn't trust in his way. And this is how we get ourselves in trouble in the Lord. This is why we feel so distant from him. This is why we feel so spiritually parched. Is because we don't trust. The biggest thing, I almost, I was going to preach a message today about God's timing. This is one of the hardest things for the believer is trusting in God's sovereign timing to get done what he said he would get done And the trickery is this, when he doesn't do it, can I preach for just a second? When he doesn't do it in our timing, we start to try to help him. But in the attempt of helping him, we get off track and we will lose out and we will lose time. We will lose relationships. We will lose resources. Actually, it takes you longer not accomplishing it God's way. He tricks us in a way of making you think that this is going to take a really long time. Listen, if the children of Israel would have just stayed committed, not grumbled and complained, kept their eyes on Jesus, they would have ended in the promised land 11 days, in 11 days. But because they tried to help God out, they took 40 years. It's like eating healthy or going to the gym. When someone's eating healthy, the results may take longer, but it's sustainable and you have longevity. In the gospel and in in churchianity, we want to come to church for a few months and then see results immediately. And we want to live on Mount Sinai or we want to walk into our calling right away. Listen, we cannot, God has a school. It's it's, it's called the school of the spirit. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? It's called the school of the spirit. And nobody, look at somebody and say, not even you. Look at someone else and say, not even you. He will not allow you. Listen, I really believe this is from the Lord. He will not allow us, will he, Rick, to skip grades. It doesn't happen. Your smarts will, listen, as smart as many of you are, and I know many of you to be really smart people, he will not, he will not permit you to bypass any obstacle or any training course or any, any of your studies in the school of the Spirit. And many people, they get saved and they just want it right away. They want to walk into it right away. They want it handed to them. No, no, no. This is not God's way. 
and too many people that I know, I've had this experience in my own life. For them, they think it's easier to eat from the, another tree, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when it doesn't work, they feel more guilt and more shame, and then they try to cover themselves with other things and compound the problem because of the toxicity of the leaves. And it drives us further and further away from God's heart, further and further away from his presence, further and further away from the road that he's designed and purpose for our lives. Is this okay this morning? Say, I don't know about you, but I'm going to eat from the tree of life. Amen. Can we pray into that? Yeah, did you have something else you wanted to quickly share? I did want to say one thing on, on that is... There, you, there are, like you said, Donnie, there, there are definitely dry times, wilderness times. God won't let us stay on the mountain. We, we, we all love to be on the mountain with God, you know, the, where the glory is, like where we feel his awesome presence, and like you just know that he's there. You just get chill bump upon chill bump, right? <laughs> you know, but, but God purposely, by faith, he, he never leaves us or forsakes us, but the grace to actually feel them sometimes, especially the more mature that I get, I have gone, even recent, you know, gone through seasons where I just didn't feel his presence and I had to walk it out by faith. But did you, did you know that you were in the center of his will? Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah, because I was doing everything that I knew to do to obey, exactly. to read the word, to pray, to worship, to pray in the spirit, to, to, uh, be a part of the body of Christ. You, be, kept, you kept feeding on the tree of life. Yes, right. yeah. But, but I do want to say this too, is that you, how many of us prepare for the wilderness? How many prepare, how many That's people good. try to resist the wilderness and, and don't even have this mindset like, okay, I need to get ready. I know without a doubt that there's the cycle you're at the top, and then God says, okay, now it's time to go back down again little by little. It's, it's a reality. I've been a Christian, Cheryl and I, I've been a Christian 45 years. It, without doubt, it always happens, the cycle. So, you know, insanity is doing the same thing and never over and, over. and expecting a different result. <laughs> so why don't we prepare for the winners? How do you prepare for the winners? Uh, Psalms 1, it talks about uh, uh, a man meditates, I, I don't know that one by memory, but uh, blessed is the man who sits, uh, doesn't sit by the seat of the scornful and all that. Uh, he will uh, be planted. He'll be, he sits, yeah, planted by the streams of water and he meditates is the key. Uh, he meditates day and night. So just like a tree, uh, while you were talking earlier, a, a tree, the leaves totally fall off. It looks like the tree's dead. But there is living sap within that tree that That's helps good. it survive through the winter season when it looks like nothing has happened. It looks like, oh, maybe I should, if you didn't know, you would say, oh, maybe I should chop the tree down. It looks dead. There's or a, uproot the plant. Yeah. Yeah. And so we... Maybe it's the soil. Yeah. <laughs> but but mm. there's living sap going on in that tree. Why? Because it has drawn up the nutrients from from the ground. And so... You have to draw up nutrients. You have to know scriptures. If you know you have a weak area in your life, how about memorizing and meditating on scriptures on that area? Because you know the devil's going to bring you around again to, in that area. So you have to yes. prepare. 
when you're on the mountain, that's the time of not just dancing and rejoicing. It's a time of preparation, preparing, because you know there's a devil out there who's going to tempt you. And this so, is so good. I have, yeah. to, I have to interject on this. Yeah. I'm, I feel the Lord what you're saying because many people think that they're, when they're experiencing like a dry season, they're in the wrong place. I, I, want, I want to make this real practical. I want you all to look at me. I'm going to be, can I be extremely vulnerable to you? Extremely vulnerable? There's not one temptation I don't think I've been tempted with. I, at least I feel that way. You, you, like when you obey the calling of God, the Lord will send you in the same process that he sent Jesus in. You will, you will experience, that tree has to experience every season. You, you, you know, you know why sometimes I intentionally go long periods of times without laying hands? Because I don't want to, this is going to sound really harsh. I do not want to uh, create, um, I wasn't going to use dependency. I was going to use a meaner word. <laughs> what, what we have running around in the church, can I just be like talk in, like in my, in my living room? We, there's, there's too many spiritual junkies running around. And I want to, I want to explain what I mean because that's really mean. It sounds like it, but it's, it's so true. I will go extended periods of time if I see somebody wants to lay hands because I can't, I can't lay hands on you, Rick, and ex, and, and make you miss the, uh, December that God wants you to go through that tree. I cannot, I cannot get you, no amount of laying on and shakaka and rababa is going to get you past the wilderness season that God is going to have you go through. Amen. There's so none true. of that. That's so true. You, you, it's the school of the spirit. He's going to make you go through winter. You will get to enjoy spring if you hold on through winter. But most people will be in their winter. I feel like I feel the Holy Spirit now. Most people experience winter and they like a tree. They uproot themselves and go to somewhere where it's spring, and then they're at that church or in that relationship, and winter comes around, and all they do is have unpredictable lives, and so you always see them in a prayer line. You always see them going to the fire conferences, and then that fire fizzles out there, and then they go to the next fire conference and the next prayer line. All you have to do is plant yourself next to the rivers of living water and experience December, yeah. November, October, come on, fall, even yeah. fall. You have to experience a fall every now and again. Yeah, come on. That's and good. then once that tree gets tried and true, then it's worthy of bearing fruit. Yeah. So good. And listen, you will experience this spiritually in every single, in every single sphere of your life. There's... T- there's a time for everything under the sun, the wisest man in the Bible said. There's a time for life. There's a time for death. There's a time for reaping. There's a time for sowing. There's a time for laughter. There's a time for crying. Oh, I felt the Lord on that. We, we, have to, we have to get out of this Christianity where we become so spiritually undependable and unpredictable where we have to just... I have to have fruit right now. I've been planted a month. I deserve promotion. A year or two. You know the Lord shelved me for a decade. And you know, I, I, I cried about this and I had a fit with the Lord. 
a spiritual fit. Don't tell anybody this, ever. I was so angry, James, I took my Bible and I threw it across the room. I was so angry. I was so angry with the Lord. Don't tell anyone that, Steve. I see you. You're already thinking about who you're going to call. I literally, I know you guys have never gotten mad at Jesus. Not at all. I took my Bible and I threw it like a Frisbee because he was trying to encourage me in my December and I would get mad. I was so dry. I was so parched. I said, well, you said, you said, and then I would read, my eyes would come across the verse that was what the promises of God were for my life. And I knew he was trying to speak to me and I threw the Bible. I said, yeah, but it doesn't look like this. You keep trying to encourage me. And I threw the Bible. It was well over a decade ago. And now, now I've learned that there's no amount of fussing. There's no amount of uh, being angry. There is no church or location. There's not even any calling that's going, or not, me coming up here speaking on Sunday morning. Nothing is going to bypass every season that God is going to have you go through. He did it with Jesus. He'll do it with you. And I've experienced, I mean, every kind of temptation you can think of. I mean, where I've literally felt my feet like flames of hell. The greatest temptation where I'd curl up in a blanket and say, Lord, where are these temptations coming from? The heat. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about this morning? Every single minister or somebody with a calling on their lives, even each and every one of you, you will experience temptation, hardship, and pain. Because it's the school of the Spirit. Yes. God loves everybody. I tell you guys this all the time. He loves everybody. He, when you were born, when you were conceived in your mother's womb, He loved you. He loved you with an everlasting love. That will never, ever change. But over time, He will trust you with more and then more and then more and then more. And guess what happens when He gives you trust? Guess what He gives you? His anointing. He will give you the gift freely, but he won't give you the anointing freely. I feel like I need to touch that for one second. Am I getting off on a tangent? He will give you, he will give you the gift freely. And he'll trust you with it and let you do whatever you want. But the anointing is different. Remember in Jesus' life when he was in the garden? You saw him walk in power by healing the lepers. We've seen him opening blind eyes. We talked about him praying twice, opening the blind eyes. We see him raising the dead, but you've never seen him speaking in a crowd falling down until you get to Gethsemane. And when he bled, the Bible says his corpuscles broke. His corpuscles is like your, your skin burst. It said it became like great drops of blood. And that happens if somebody's in immense agony. When he was feeling all the weight of the sin of the world, all the temptation of the world, everything at one time. His corpuscles broke and his sweat became like drops of blood. And then he asked for the Lord. He said, Lord, take this cup from me. And then he gets up. I've said this before. How many heard me say this before? He gets up and the the Roman soldiers come to take him. And they say, where is Jesus of Nazareth? And when he opened his mouth, he said, I am he. What happened? When did you ever see that in the Bible? Great anointings. God will trust you more and more after great seasons of temptation. When you pass the test, 
I've pulled the covers over my head. Lord, let this go for me. These evil thoughts. Oh, and I knew it wasn't me. It was the Lord allowing the temptation, not causing it. Only the evil one does it. He will allow the enemy to torment to a degree to see if you'll break. And when you don't break and you pass the test, he gives you a little bit more anointing and a little bit more anointing. Because when he gives you the anointing, you can do with it at, as, as you, I know this sounds crazy. I didn't say you make the Holy Spirit do something. I'm talking about anointing he gives you. He allows you to release it at will. And he doesn't want you to become dangerous to people spiritually. So he'll allow all those temptations, all the heartache and pain to crush the flesh, to build up your spirit, man, to build you to a place where he can trust you to release it. But he allows you to go through it so you develop his heart in the hardship seasons. You have to have his heart. So don't grow weary in well-doing. You stay the course. Don't crack. Don't fall into the temptation. Just because you are tempted doesn't mean that's your heart. The wicked one comes to... It doesn't... It it determines whether or not your heart, if you keep falling into it and giving into it. The evil thoughts, they're not you. That's the wicked one. God created you beautifully, wonderfully. Is this good? Fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made in his own image and in his likeness. If Jesus was tempted with every temptation, oh, he wasn't? He was in how many points tempted? In all points tempted. I didn't say it. My Bible, my favorite book in the world said it. He was in all points tempted yet without sin. But the anointing, when he finally said, no, I will not give in to that. I will go to the cross. I will go through hardship. The anointing grew upon him. And then power entered him. Just like that. And this is what will happen. For, how does that happen? Resist the temptation and stay feeding on the tree of life. Come on, stand to your feet. I want you to pray a prayer of release over the people, if you can. Was this good this morning, guys? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, Lord, we just cover your people, Lord. We cover them with revelation of this information that will cause a heart transformation, a relationship transformation, even upon their expectations, Lord, of how life is supposed to look in trusting you and trusting other relationships. Lord, let there be a transformation on everyone's expectations on their beliefs, their decisions, their attitudes about life, Lord. We ask you to transform them by, by yourself, the tree of life. Just everyone say this even. Uh, transform me, Lord. Transform me, Lord. I want to be transformed into your image and likeness. I want to be transformed in your image and likeness. Let there be less of me, be less of me. and more of you. And so, Lord, you heard your people. They have a will to obey you, to trust you, to be transformed into your very image and likeness. So I just bless your people yes, bless them, Lord. with another level of grace, even for those that have given up hope in areas where your dreams have been crushed, yes. your expectations have been crushed by life, by people, even by your own failures. I declare God's mercy and grace is everlasting. And I bless you with another level of hope. Lord, build hope bridges into their life. Where hope has been lost, build hope bridges. 
of new, new vision, new dreams, new chapters of destiny and purpose. They might, they might have failed in the old chapters, but Lord, you're turning the pages quickly because you're about to come on, on the scene quickly. Yes. And so, Lord, re, let them read what you have already wrote in the, written about them in the book of their whole life, Lord. And l- let them see and hear and discern uh, the destiny of love, of feasting upon you, the Lamb of God. Lord, I ask you to just let them have that grace, embrace of Abba Father. So just see yourself being hugged by Abba Father, Daddy God. Some of you don't even know God as Abba Father. That's probably even hard for you to even hear those words, Daddy God. But I even pray for those that are dealing with that, for a revelation of God as Papa, as Daddy. Yes. And so receive his grace, embrace, even now. I release it upon you and upon your circumstances, upon your relationships, uh, your place at your job, your ministry, ministry, your calling. And even in those that are in the transitional hour of not knowing what to do, I, I bless you with waiting on the Lord, for it's hard to wait for us leaders. And so I say, you can do it. Yes, I bless you with waiting on the Lord. Yes. His grace is sufficient to wait, to be still, and know that I am God, as it says. Be still and know that I am God. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just for a moment, just want to make sure all hearts are clear. If for whatever reason you're in this place and you feel... Well, let me say this. You know you're far away from Jesus. If you know it in your heart with, with not a lot of moving around, you know without a shadow of a, dark, a doubt you are distant from Jesus. You're far from him in your lifestyle. You're far from him in your heart. You may be even in church every single Sunday, maybe even midweek as well, but you know without a doubt that you're distant from him. I just want to see if you want to be included in this prayer. If you want to make things right with the Lord right now, now is the time to do it. I'm not going to ask you to speak into a microphone or even come up here to the front. But if you're in this place and you're far from Jesus and you want us to pray for you, with nobody looking around, just simply lift up your hand. I see a hand. If you know you're not right with God, it's too short. The hour is too short. The Lord is coming for his people. The hour is way too far spent for us to live even a day apart from Jesus. So if you want to be made right with him today, now's your time. You can just lift up your hand. Praise God. We're going to say this prayer all together in unison. Say, Lord Jesus, I welcome you by your spirit into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again on the third day so that I could have life, abundant life. I receive salvation that you purchased for me as a free gift. I receive it by faith. I cannot earn it. It is a free gift. I receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus, I break off 
of my life and disassociate myself with everything, every tree of knowledge of good and evil that would bring me far from you. I choose you, Jesus, the tree of life for my life, for my family, for my destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.